You're listening to a podcast of Business News Background. A weekly roundup of the big stories here in Western Australia. Brought to you by Business News and Lush Digital. Welcome along to another edition of Business News Background Podcast. I'm Charlie Gunningham, filling in for James Lush, who is away over east this week. I've got with me as ever Mark Powell, Head of Content at Business News. Plus, we have a very special guest this week, none other than Chief Economist of the CCI, John Nicolau. Welcome, John. Thanks for having me. And Mark, good morning. Cheers. All right, starting with you, Mark, let's have a look at some of the top business news stories of the week, and uh, it's BHP Billiton being split. That's big news. That came out of nowhere. Yeah, well, look, it had been a bit, it had been rumoured, and they've been, uh, they've been talking for some months about restructuring in some way, shape, or form, and this is the decision they've come to, that they're going to spin off what they call non-core assets, um, you know, like politics, isn't it? Non-core promises. Right. Um, so they're going to they're going to create a new company. I think it's got quite a big uh, quite a big uh, market cap when it when it settles in its own right. So the new company is going to be based in Perth. Correct. But BHP is a Melbourne-based. It is. It's still Melbourne-based. Right. That's yeah. right. But obviously, still a large amount of its operations are here in Perth. So they're yeah. they're going to have their uh, their aluminium, coal, manganese, and silver assets. Based in this, it's called Nuco at the moment. Obviously, they'll come right. up with a, with a name. fancier name than yeah. that. And I like um, it. I like it. I it like is. It Nuco's is. Good name. Could be it. And it'll be. I, I can't recall exactly, but it'll be. It'll be one of the biggest companies in in WA right. um, once it's separated. Uh, and look, interestingly, I think the big the big uh, surprise out of this was that Nickel West, the BHP Nickel West assets, um, which have been on the market for some time, were not included in this spin-off. So they're still on the market. Uh, and I guess for some reason, BHP doesn't want those nickel assets, and sorry, doesn't want them included in the in the new co. So clearly, investors don't want them, and nickel's on the nose, one reason or another. Okay. So I don't know, John. What uh, do you think? What I found interesting um, out of this uh, decision was that they are choosing to headquarter this new business um, um, of BHP Billiton in Perth when a lot of those assets that are going to be part of this new um, company are outside of the state. Mm. So uh, for me it's a really positive demonstration from Australia's largest um, company that uh, Perth and Western Australia is um, is going to be the home for uh, for corporates uh, well into the future and really aligns with our vision that, um, that Western Australia can be um, a global hub um, of investment um, and, and focus in resources. So the nickel assets are overseas? Is that, there is are that other parts. All over the place. No, all no, over not, not nickel, not nickel. No. Not, no. The other assets that Mark spoke about are other, no. other, part, other states. Manganese, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. In yeah. Queensland, New South Wales uh, and the like. Um, and South Africa. And South Africa. Right. So I guess that's right. why you put it in Perth because it's in the middle of those oh, I see. rather yeah. regionally dispersed assets. Although you would think BHP should move here, and this should be based in Melbourne, don't you think? And <laughs> yeah, we would hope that one day that um, that the iron ore business would um, headquarter in, in WA. It's all the operations are based in WA. So and you uh, see, it's a good story for WA that a big business like that would want to set up here, even though the assets are not here. That's that's the point. That, that's right. right. Um, so a really um, positive demonstration that uh, that Perth is um, is increasingly seen as one of those global resource hubs. Right, no doubt we'll be following that story. And and when is this split occurring? Do we know? Oh, I don't exactly know. No, it'll, it won't. It'll be over months, I imagine. Uh, they talked about this at their AGM. I think it was last week, where they recorded another record profit or something. That's right. It yeah. was a, a great profit. But this is again, it, it it's not just about splitting the, 
the capital structure, it's also about trying to get some productivity. They see there's actually gains by removing things that are not compatible, right. you know. Uh, talking about reporting, of course, we're in the middle of the reporting season. A um, lot of results out this week. Wes Farmers, Woodside, IINet. I've uh, just heard this morning, Aluka profit down, Santos profit down. But these other three, mm. another big series of profits being recorded. Yes, well, you know, it's it's uh, it's early in the profit season, so yeah. all the good stuff comes out first. Right. That's how it usually works. Um, and and during the week, we've had FMG had a two point seven billion US dollar profit. West Farmers had a two point six nine billion dollar profit. Woodside had a one point one US billion dollar profit. Those are the big ones. Um, there was still some um, there, there were some other good stories uh, in. The mining sector, McMahon returned to profit with $30 million profit. Uh, Deck Mill did well. Uh, I think it was 17% up. Um, but there were a couple of tricky ones too. Iluka was uh, down uh, 66%. Is it right down in Indonesia or something? Yeah, and they've got all little bits and pieces there. Iron ore price down, etc. Emico the same. They're, they're a service provider to the mining sector. And I have to add too on the, uh, um, well, there's a local Cedar Woods property company, very good result, and Mervac uh, National Property Group that's got a bit of property here. Sorry, the write down actually was Santos, wasn't it? The write down in Indonesia was Santos, uh, explaining that one. Yeah, um, you could be right. So the Luca was lower iron ore prices and lower production. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. But shares opened higher today, so I don't understand any of that. It seems to be up, down, what's sometimes going on. Sometimes you get bad news out, sometimes you get good news out. It just depends. Um, there's a whole lot of other things going on. I, I, I think the thing for me is that um, we are seeing companies, and I think, you know, BHP and Rio have also, I mean, Rio's had some good results. They've really got an eye on costs and they're really getting that down. So we're seeing profits from good management. Um, And I think uh, taking a broader perspective, it is a difficult environment for businesses right now and uh, and there's been a clear shift in strategy um, over the last 12 to 18 months away from growth uh, to consolidation and focus on efficiencies and uh, they, this reporting season and some of those positive results does show that um, that, that strategy is working um, in a, what is a, a, der- a very difficult environment. Right, so less projects, less new mines being built. We've spoken about this before but we're now moving into the production phase of this cycle. Okay, now yesterday, interesting day for CCI, uh, John. Now we've got you here, perfect timing. Uh, you launched a grand vision for WA, so could you tell us what all that is about? I think uh, when the origins of this um, this idea to articulate a vision for the state really has come about um, as we've gone through this uh, investment phase of the resources boom. Uh, increasingly people are asking us, um, so what's next? What lies ahead for WA beyond the resources boom? Um, what's the future uh, for Western Australia? And that really um, got us thinking that um, we need to start thinking and articulating and uh, advocating for a strategic plan for the state. And, uh, and this document that we launched um, yesterday is really about uh, developing up a policy um, platform that can help Western Australia realise its potential um, because that potential is significant. We've got great opportunities to the north of us uh, in developing Asia. We've got uh, a world-class infrastructure. We've got um, great resource base. We've got a skilled workforce. Um, but we also have a lot of challenges in this state, from uh, particularly in relation to the high cost of doing business. So what are the main themes coming out of this strategy vision that you've, that you've developed over the last few months? Well, we, uh, we believe that um, if there is a focused strategy around um, reforming 
government um, building uh, reforms to uh, make the economy more productive and competitive and and also um, focusing in on on key social challenges that the state faces, um, addressing disadvantage, for example, in some parts of the community. If we take a holistic approach around reform in those three key um, uh, pillars, then WA will be able to realise its potential well beyond just investment in mining uh, yeah. towards uh, further investment in mining and resources, but also in terms of taking advantage of op- other opportunities in areas where we have an emerging advantage. Um, so developing new industries that's right, beyond and mining. Yeah, and, and What sort of industries there you think need encouragement and, and will be coming through? And the key thing here is um, it's not about us deciding what uh, the industries are of the future. It's not about the government right. uh, focusing its investment in on areas because we don't know where they will be. But we do see opportunities in uh, in agriculture and food. We do see opportunities that come with a, a skilled workforce, a world-class education system. Uh, uh, we do see opportunities that expand beyond just LNG um, to other parts of the resources sector. And, and we do also see um, opportunities in, in manufacturing. One of the unknown facts about WA is that um, our manufacturing sector is growing, not in decline, um, unlike what's happening across Australia as a whole. And and the workforce numbers are holding steady. So, you know, there's a lot to be positive about. Put that down to that's interesting. It's, uh, it's taking advantage of, um, it, it's a focus on niche areas and it's our focus on building off our comparative advantages. So a lot of downstream processing of, uh, of our natural resources uh, is areas where we're doing really well in, but also uh, just innovative um, companies that are, are building products that are in demand on the world stage, not only in the, within the resources sector, but uh, right across the world. Now, Mark, I know you're at this launch as well yesterday. What's your perspective on this CCI vision for WA? Well, I think it's spot on that we've got to, you know, start to tie the threads <laughs> together and, yep. and get something going. I mean, I, it's it's very hard. Uh, from the, It was a great audience and a great panel and, mm-hmm. and you know, for we went, well, it was an hour of discussion and you could easily see it could have gone on and on forever. Uh, and that's one of the problems here. Where do you start? And I think um, John's right and I think CCI's got the right idea that, first of all, don't try and pick winners because that's not really, right. you know, that's not really the way to do it and it's been proved that we're a small place you know two million people we can't try and be the biggest and best of things that we don't have a natural advantage in so try and make it a level playing field and get the taxes low and all the burdens low and see see what works I did. I did want to throw in though. I look at WA and some of the, uh, the where, where the some of the great leaps forward have taken place, and the Coolgardie pipeline, the um, the Dampier to Bunbury natural gas pipeline. Um, you know, even the federal government deciding that we we could uh, now export iron ore in the 60s, and they're large. I mean, the two of those were yeah. were large infrastructure decisions that you know, in some ways, were very controversial and could have bankrupted the state. Now, I'm not suggesting we go there, but <laughs> I do hope out of this process that maybe somewhere we'll get one big idea that people do say, look, yeah, let's do all this stuff that you've just mentioned there, John. You know, keep everything really safe and easy so people can do business. Great place to live. Great place to do business. But let's just have one target out there, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's build a ginormous city in the northwest or whatever. I don't know. And I think that's the. This is what this project's about: is uh, starting a conversation around what the future holds for Western Australia, and yeah. and, um, and looking to government to think beyond electoral cycles or even the 24-hour news cycle, um, yeah. and think longer term. Because when we think longer term, we can start to plan. Um, 
for those big projects that uh, the state may need to, to leverage off what opportunities lie ahead. And I think you're going to have a series of these vision strategy papers over the next six months, is that right, coming out of every couple of months on a diff- focus on a different area? Yeah, yep. that, that's right. What this project was, or and this uh, paper that we released yesterday was about, is articulating an overarching vision for the state uh, and what what the state will look like if we uh, reach our potential. Sitting underneath that are a series of seven sub-papers that uh, focus on key sectors and key issues that uh, we believe are essential to, to reala- realising that vision. It's not about talking about every element of the economy, but areas where we think uh, real focus needs to be, whether it be in terms of infrastructure or the agriculture and food sector, whether it be in terms of small business. Um, there are um, a number of papers that sit underneath that um, that we hope will build on that uh, on that work that uh, is articulated in the overarching vision. Great. Well, no doubt. Thanks, John. We'll get on to that over the coming weeks and months. Uh, you're listening to Business News Background, the weekly podcast with me, Charlie Gunning, and Mark Panel for Business News and John Nicolau from the CCI. Now to some stories in next week's paper and the background behind them. And we've got a big mining feature, 13-page feature, written by Saskia Pickles and others. So what are some of the threads coming out of the feature that we'll read next week, Mark? Well, uh, you know, it's actually quite a broad brush feature. It's got a lot of um, a lot of detail and a lot of different subjects. But we've kicked it off with a uh, look at uranium. Um, there's a couple of, you know, reasonably well-progressed uh, projects um, already in WA. And, there, and there's about, I think there's about five kind of proponents out there at different points. Um, it's Uranium's been on the nose. Um, well, obviously, Fukushima uh, really, really hit it badly. And uh, that's really actually um, kicked, knocked, knocked the industry backwards just at a time when, in fact, um, you know, this, the Liberal government came into power and, 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 and basically re- removed bans and said, go for it, you know, um, which is one of those issues that I've got. And I think we go back to what we we're just discussing, you know, having rules that keep changing isn't really helpful. You know, uranium's a legitimate industry. There's there's Western nations that use it for legitimate power. There's a whole lot of climate change reasons for having it. Let's get on with that. Anyway, that's my view. Yeah. The uh, So we've looked at, um, you know, a couple of different groups. Uh, Energy and Minerals Australia is, is, is one. And uh, look, talking to those guys and others, they're, they're reckoning that, the, uh, that even though the price is low, there isn't a, a situation of oversupply here that's going to be long-lasting. Um, there is an overhang um, with with um, things like uh, weapon, wep- old weapon stock is still right. coming through the market and everything. But basically we've had a, a political reaction against nuclear power. There's a reversal of that taking place. China's going to build dozens of these things because they've got a smog problem and they can't keep burning coal like they do. Right. And these guys reckon that we're going to see a real bump up and, and, and they're kind of positioning for it. So if all things go well and they can get their approvals through all the, you know, and it's difficult process. They're actually in the box seat. One good thing about uranium, I think, is that um, it doesn't require the infrastructure in terms of rail and ports that some of these other commodities require. So um, anyway, that's a, that's one of the stories Zero. there. And then, and then Port Hedland is, we've sort of, I mean, the, the other kind of broad brush part of the feature is just looking at, at major mining and particularly iron ore, which is the big end of town in, in WA. Um, and Port Hedland's just one of those things. It's a tricky, it's a tricky uh, position. It's uh, it's the major port for everyone except uh, everyone except Rio Tinto, and um, and look, you know, what Saskia's done is just looked at some of the implications there. Can can it be expanded further? Can it be expanded faster? Um, it's a it's a great it's a great outcome if we can get more output through that. And and I have to say, 
WA miners are pretty innovative, innovative right. at doing that. Big feature next week. And, and also you've got a wrap on the IT industry. Some Perth-listed IT companies doing pretty well. Yeah. Amcom, and we've heard about Ironet's gone over a billion dollars now in revenue for the first time, Empire, et cetera. Yeah, look, a very broad group, um, IT companies in, in WA. The fact that Ironet's the third biggest ISP in the country and, and closing in second. on number second. Yeah, well, you know, they, you they're right? sort of talking they'll be close, I think. Um, yep. But yes, they could be. Yep. Um, so all of them looking very profitable. I think at the at the less consumer end, at the, at the B2B end, um, you've got Amcom, ASG and Empire. They're all saying they're getting pretty good outcomes um, from this this shift to the digital world that's taking place. You know, big companies have realised they've got to house their data better, they've got to manage their data better, they've got to read their data better, and they're turning to these guys to, to, look, to look at it. And I think that's a, that's a structural shift. They're enjoying it and they're well placed for it. Mm. And uh, segue there with technology into agriculture, uh, techn- uh, industry you spoke about earlier, John, and the uh, ag world, which has raised $6 million in Series C funding from an overseas uh, VC called Reed Elzebel, El- El- oh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Reed Ventures. I'll call it Reed Ventures. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking to Matt McFarlane last night at, down at Space Cube and he was grinning from ear to ear. So he's very happy that deal came off because that's been about two years in, in, the, in the making. But yeah. uh, these guys are a startup, um, not a lot of money for startups, uh, agriculture, technology. They're running in, I think, 12,000 farmers use them in five countries or something. They've raised yeah. $12 million. And it's a data story. I mean, I remember we did the original story on these guys, and they're basically handheld, um, out in the out in the out in the paddock. Um, they can you can write your notes onto a pad, and it goes electronically. And so your data is stored, and you can manage your data better, and then you can use your data better. And that's you know it's clever technology for farmers. That's one part of the ag story, managing data. But the other part is this sort of increasing. Um, corporatization and agrom- well you know consolidation of the sector because you know the truth is not a lot of your little old farmers can stand there and and, and and make money out of a farm in fact there's some other material in this week's paper showing that whilst um, most farms do really well and have done the last year about a quarter don't make any money at all you know so anyway what's happening is and we all know it Twiggy Forrest and Gina Reinhardt have shown they're doing it. They're getting into, buying they're the buying food. it because yeah. they know the Chinese want our food. Yep. And also there's another group in we're talking about in here, um, Tompkins Turner, they're investment bankers, business brokers. They're trying to pull together assets and package them up and because they know there's Chinese money that's mm-hmm. interested. Do you want a final word, John, on, on those stories? All great opportunities that I can see there, and it's, um, it does demonstrate that Western Australia is much more than just mining, and, uh, yep. and agriculture and food being one that there is a big opportunity. Everyone's talking about it. Um, and IT. The, and IT. And um, yep. The challenge is that we just need to uh, have a real focus there about building scale, um, because ultimately, if we're going to compete on a global stage, uh, we need to build that scale, and, um, and I think we can in the agriculture and food sector um, through a, a focused policy effort. And, uh, and that interest that uh, is being demonstrated by some of um, Australia's richest people does show that um, there is serious money that could be made. Great. Well, thanks, John. Um, thanks for coming along today, being part of the Business News Podcast. Great to have you. And thank you, Mark. And we look forward to those vision strategy papers over the next uh, six months or so. I've been Charlie Gunningham. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Just search for Business News under podcasts. And Business News Background will wing its way miraculously to your device next week. You've been listening to a podcast of Business News Background, brought to you by Business News and Lush Digital. For more information, go to the website businessnews.com.au.